This is the Financial Compass with Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Matthew provides his clients and prospects with the information that they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Matthew Brunner to help you find your financial direction. Hello and welcome to the Financial Compass. My name is Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates LTD or Compass. If you'd like more information about what you hear during today's show, give us a call 800-339-9252 or visit us online at compass-ltd.com. While you're at the website, scroll on down to the radio section of the page and you can check out past shows. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us with ideas for future shows, questions, or to set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting. Now, minimalism is all the rage these days, so there's been no shortage of articles and stories about the power of getting rid of some of your stuff. There's full TV shows dedicated to the topic, whole seasons of streaming shows. Loyal listeners of our show know we also address the fact that when it comes to your retirement strategy, downsizing, or your legacy plan, your kids do not want your stuff. We've talked about this, but yeah. for the purpose of today's show, let's change our mindset a little bit to focus on some of your possessions that your kids and great grand and your grandkids and hey, great grandkids may in fact want. So if you're nearing retirement or have already reached that goal and you're beginning the downsizing process, grab a pen, a paper, jot down some of these ideas. But before we unpack that box of stuff that you thought you'd end up taking to the goodwill. Let me unpack one of the biggest conundrums in the world, Tony Shore. <laughs> Tony, how you doing? You're never going to end up in the discard pile, are you? Oh, I, I'm like that trusty hammer you take with you every time you move, right? Uh, <laughs> but no, the conund- I've never been called a conundrum before, I don't think. But uh, at no? least not since breakfast. But yeah. that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's awesome, Matt. Uh, you're, you're on your A game today. I love it. You brought your A game. You wear it well. You wear it well. You mean that like in the Canadian sense? (laughs) Yeah. You're doing a a great job, eh? Hey. So, um, that's, that's interesting uh, because we have said, uh, you know, people think that their stuff is worth more than it is typically, or they think that their family's going to want it after they're gone. So they hang on to it. Uh, but you usually end up hanging on to stuff too long. And the fact is, is most of it, uh, your kids or grandkids don't want. Uh, so even if it means a lot to you, it probably doesn't mean as much to other people, but there are exceptions and I'm glad, I'm glad we're going to, you know, maybe hit on the positive a little bit today, Matt. That's that's what we're shooting for. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great show, you know, uh, you know, reminding some of our listeners that they're their kids and grandkids, you know, may in fact want some of these things. So how do you want to get us started today? Okay, so this was pulled from an AARP article, and it was 12 things your kids actually might want to inherit. And I think there's some good ideas in here. Like I said, we're normally talking about downsizing, getting rid of a lot of things because people don't want most. But today we're going to talk about what some of those most things are. Now, the first prized item is photos, but this has to be take 
picking with a teaspoon of reason here. Right. Your, your kids and grandkids don't want dozens and dozens of photo albums full of hundreds of candid pictures, uh, you know, Thanksgiving dinners, family picnics. But chances are some of the photos are meaningful. You know, the photos of a treasured family trip, you know, maybe it was to Disney World or your, fa- your family vacation spot. Or maybe there's some really interesting photos of a long ago relative, someone who fought in the Civil War, you know, the person who immigrated from wherever your family came from. Let your kids and grandkids set the tone on this one. Be grateful for what they take off your hands while remembering to not take it personally if they don't want a dozen photos of Uncle Lenny scooping mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving dinner in 1974. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's true. I don't want that photo, but I'm definitely a history buff and I love those old black and white photos. Uh, Some of them look like they're almost, you know, uh, metallic or photo negatives and, you know, of like civil war, world war one soldiers having their portraits taken in their new uniforms. Uh, I'm sure anyone that has older family photos like those would want to hang on to them. And I know I wanted to keep some that my grandparents had. So uh, that's a good point. That's a yeah. that's a good one. So what's a center a centerpiece in my house is my grandparents' wedding photo. Oh, those yeah. two people are so special to me. It's one of the centerpieces of things that hangs in my home. Now, awesome. Okay, so next next category, knickknacks. It's probably a little confusing because it's not likely you're going to find many takers for your seventy eight piece Elvis Presley collectible plate edition or collectible plate collection, uh, whatever edition you got. There was seventy eight. I already referenced that. But that said, certain knickknacks. They may hold value for some of your kids and grandkids. Maybe you have a small piece of art, some other little collectible from a foreign trip that a grandkid would love to display. Maybe it's in the bedroom or a shelf somewhere. Perhaps it's an item that's been passed down through your family for generations that a younger person in your life will have grown up admiring or being curious about. You know, this is one of those things when you get to spend that time, ask them. Just ask them, what are some of the things that they really like in there? Something that means something to them. It's amazing what you'll find out. And then you really know what to focus on keeping. Yeah. Instead of boxes of old dishes, they probably don't care about. Maybe something that just can be hung up or displayed on a shelf uh, might be more valued because you don't have to find a place in the basement or attic to store a bunch of boxes. You just have to find a small spot on the wall or a shelf. And sometimes those little things can make a big difference and have the most meaning. Yeah, they may not want all 78 pieces, but they might want one. True. You know? Yep. To them, that one piece is what reminds, that will remind them of you. Yeah. Now, uh, this next item is near and dear to my heart, and I know it's going to be near and dear to yours. Toys. Oh, yeah. And I'm betting some of the listeners agree, whether it's the Davy Crockett toys in the 50s, Barbies in the 60s, some of my personal favorites, the Star Wars action figure in the 70s and 80s. Oh, yeah. A lot of us have a toy that defines our childhood. If you come across a box of toys in the basement that you and your kids have forgotten about and a quick peek reveals Star Wars toys, guess what? They're probably going to want some of this stuff. Oh, yeah. If you want to see a 45-year-old become eight years old again, hand them a couple of their old Star Wars toys and watch, <laughs> yeah. their, watch their eyes light up, right? Oh, yeah. Like, like so many people, some of my strongest memories revolve around, you know, especially the stuff that I got around the holidays, the toys I got at the holidays, right? I just have those warm memories. And the, the those are going to be some of those things you want. Now, speaking of the holidays, maybe, you know, some of the other stuff, like whether it's 4th of July or Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Arbor Day, whatever it is your family celebrated, you know, maybe it's the Christmas tree topper or a carving knife or a Halloween decoration that everybody's loved for forever. All these things that bring a warm so, sense of nostalgia 
are the things your kids and your grandkids are likely to happily take off your hands. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's another great point. And there are certainly holiday collectibles that as soon as I see them, uh, my mind immediately returns to the days when I was five years old, sitting at my grandma and grandpa's breakfast table. I mean, some things can really pack an emotional wallop. Yeah, it's it's amazing. What your kids probably don't want or are all the Halloween decorations they made in preschool and grade school. <laughs> right. <laughs> so those are the things yeah. you can get rid of, but there's going to be something. Uh, now, the article also notes that a lot of younger people, they are interested in taking ownership of boxes and boxes of stuff. Like I just say, but they do have an interest in larger assets. Now, this might take a jump here, like the family car you no yeah. longer need, or even the family home. And that's probably no surprise from a financial standpoint, right? Some family members are likely to inherit something like a car or home with the intention of using them rather than selling them. That's so true. have those discussions. Yeah. Ha you know, communication is the key. Do they need a car or would they need, do they want the family home, you know, and to live in, not just to get the money out of, but you know, uh, I think that's really good. Do you have any other uh, information? Why don't we, instead of uh, moving along here, stop for a minute, let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you, Matt. Okay. Easy enough. You can give us a call, 800-339-9252. You can visit us online at compass-ltd.com. Those are the two easiest ways. Um, you know, I, I would say the easiest way for most people is texting, but we don't text for work. Matthew. So. Yeah, we don't. We don't text. So it's phone or through the website. All right. All right. That's regulators good. don't like it when we text. Matt. Yes. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. So, no, I think that's great. So you, there are plenty of ways listeners can get a hold of you from the website, the phone number. Pick up the phone. Give Matt a call. You have to be working with a financial services professional uh, to stay on track these days. But let's get back to it. You've been uh, kind of pushing back a little bit against the popular notion that your kids and grandkids don't want any of your stuff uh, by giving us uh, ideas of some things that, you know, people out there, listeners may have that some of the younger people in their lives may love to inherit. So it's been an eye opener. What else do you have for us? This one hits near and dear, especially with the upcoming season. This next one, uh, parents and grandparents recipes. Now, the first uh, thing to remember this one, it actually has very little to do with the recipe itself. And you can Google just about any recipe you can imagine. Um, but grandma's recipes, whether it's in a book or on an index card holder, they connect just to something so much deeper. You know, when, when you follow a recipe that's written in your grandmother's hand, you're, you're not only going to end up with a great meal, you're going to enjoy the ways of memories that come rushing back to you. And I have all my Thanksgiving and Christmas recipes are all written down from my mother and grandmother. That's awesome. And they're their recipes. And when I'm when I'm making that food, I still even though I know how to make this food with my eyes shut now, I still look at those recipes the whole time I'm doing it. And you know, you know whether it's you know nobody's meatloaf is as good as your mother's. Let's let's just put that out there, right? So whether it's right. your mom's meatloaf recipe or it's the cherry cheesecake, you know, that she made you for your birthday or the pasta fazool that grandma used to make for you, whatever it is. Yeah. The, the things like your grandmother's recipes, they connect us to the people who, e even though they may be gone, are still a very real part of our lives. So much more than the one the things that were special that they collected. Right. So those things are some of that stuff that your kids are going to want. 
Right. And I think it's amazing how many people, you know, how many of us have memories uh, that revolve around our grandparents uh, and that revolve around food and mm-hmm. our grandparents. I mean, my grandma Whelan's apple pie, there was not a better pie made ever, period. Yes. <laughs> ever in the history it's- of in, in the history of life on this planet. The best pie ever made was made by my grandma Whelan. And I hold to that fact. <laughs> uh, so that is the truth. In fact, pretty much everything she made, it was just like, you know, was touched by God. It was so. I understand. Yeah. I understand. I, I must have, she must have stood next to my grandmother at some point. <laughs> yeah. They must have shared recipes or something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, seriously, that's a good one. Recipes. Uh, you know, uh, what about furniture? I mean, okay. I, I'm curious about that because, you know, it's big and it's space filling, potentially making it something that kids, your kids or grandkids wouldn't want to bother with. But on the other hand, quality furniture that lasts is expensive and sought after. So w- yep. what do you say about that? There's something to be said about this for sure. I think myself and the article both have a little bit of insight in this one. You know, few younger people have interest in like big old sofas, um, smaller and some timeless pieces of furniture do hold some appeal. Now you, like you said, there is something to be said about quality pieces of furniture. Maybe it's, maybe it's the family dining room table, you know, something like that. You're probably, it's very hard to find something of that quality. If you can find some of that quality these days, it is astronomically priced and it's never going to have the love just automatically built into it. Right. Like just the memories in that thing. But beyond those big ones, some, uh, something, a rocking chair. There's another great thing that was made just better in days gone by. Simple elegance. You know, that's something a child or grandchild would love to put in their own living room, maybe in the nursery, maybe in their wherever it is they find their relaxation. Uh, this this is another area where you don't want to try and make choices for your kids and grandkids. Let them indicate to you what they're interested in. Again, don't let your feelings get hurt if they don't take some of your favorite items. It's It's so weird because you never know. Like, your your grandkid could have skinned his knee and when you were hugging them when they were crying it was in that rocking chair and that rocking chair might be a piece of junk to you or it's always taking up space and it's going to be the most special thing in your house to them as opposed to the thing that you hold the most importance to so uh, you know what i'll tell you some of the things i i know people have done is they talk to the kids tell them the thing you know i'm not getting rid of all this stuff now but what i'd love for you to do is here's your color post it here's your color post it just walk around and put your color posted on the things that you love and love in here. And so at some point I can start, when I start to think about getting rid of some of these things, we know who would want what. And that's a great way to get an inventory started in the beginning so that you know the other stuff you can do. Yeah, do it early on while you're still healthy and able to uh, see them enjoy it. Uh, You don't need to hang on to it forever. I mean, I think, you know, uh, when people start this downsizing process or looking at it, uh, they don't want to let go of some of the things, you know, it's hard, you know, you hope to hang on to these things, but remember you can't take it with you You and, and retirement's about freedom and experiences. It isn't about holding on to all that stuff that you don't need. Yeah. And what's better than having your favorite chair at somebody else's house to sit in when you go visit. Yeah. There you go. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, for now, here's one. I know we could go on and on about this one. So I'm just going <laughs> to warn everybody before we talk about this one records. Now, those were the primary ways we enjoyed music growing up when we were youngest for sure. Right. But then in the eighties, vinyl gave way to cassettes 
the 90s, cassettes gave way to CDs. And now it's all about streaming, of course. But even with the undeniable popularity of things like Spotify, vinyl is definitely enjoying something of a renaissance. For someone like you, Tony, it's never gone away. Right. right but right. that means those records that have been sitting up in the attic since disco is king <laughs> may be something your hip grandkids would love to take off your hands. And dusting off that old, old turntable, enjoying some vinyl music may be a great way for your kids to connect with their own kids. Yeah. Well, as you know, that gets a big amen from me. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been collecting records since I was in junior high. Since seventh grade, I've been collecting vinyl and I never stop. But I also collected CDs along the way and have a few cassettes, but um, never got into eight tracks and uh, never really, uh, you know, I stream some just to hear music, but I love listening to vinyl records and they have, uh, you know, they're experiencing a huge resurgence. So, uh, you know, they're also can be quite valuable nowadays mm -hmm. if they're in good condition, but that's a good one. Uh, obviously, you know, for some folks, disco will always be king, not me personally, but for Correct. some people, for some people. Uh, but you know, and at the top of the show, I, I mentioned, I'm like that reliable old hammer. You've been, uh, taken with you every move you've made. Uh, and I stand by that. I'm also guessing tools are something that, um, probably you're, your kids or grandkids would be happy to take, right? Uh, see, I shouldn't have called you a conundrum. I should have called you the king of the callback. The king of the callback. Yeah, Look I, at always, that. You I did, managed you did mention You mentioned the hammer in the beginning. And boy, <laughs> did you hit that one right on the head, because that's a good thing to talk about next. Ah. Bob, boom. Uh, <laughs> now, here's another one of the thing about tools, you know, the regardless of when they were purchased, is they can be expensive to get good ones. And if you've got a set of brand new you know, either brand new that were barely used or how about even brand name, right? Tools sitting in the corner of the garage gathering dust. Consider offering them up to a kid or a grandkid. Now, this is one you may want to push a little bit. Uh, you know, you know, use your own experience of dealing with a toilet flooding at 2 a.m. or <laughs> the million different reasons you suddenly found yourself in need of a wrench. Oh, yeah. But I, I listen, I have I have tools from uncles, from my father, from my grandparents. And they are some of my favorite and most cherished tools. The stuff they had was, again, like so many things of ages ago, just built beyond anything that you're going to find now. Oh, yeah. And so I have hand planers. I have my father. My grandfather was a TV repair guy as his side hustle when he was older. And I, I have his soldering irons. Um, I You know, so I, when I'm soldering anything, I still have this soldering iron from the forties that I use. Wow. Um, and, but it works great and it works without a hitch every single time. Uh, and it's a tie to that lineage. And it's a one th that is something anyone who has any handy bone in their body would love to have some of your, your, your tools, your parents' tools, et cetera, and pass those down. Well, yeah. And nothing would make you feel quite as powerless as standing ankle deep in water in your basement trying to find that one tool you know you need to get the situation under control, but you can't find it, right? Yes, pass down your wet-dry vac. Yeah, there no. you go. The wet-dry vac is what you need. Um, hey, here's another one, jewelry. Now, this is another collectible that's likely to intrigue some of your kids and grandkids. Now, many of us end up with a fair amount of fun but not terribly valuable jewelry through the years, and that's the kind of stuff that's probably bound for goodwill. 
some special pieces of jewelry, you'll want to be more strategic. Now, if you no longer wear jewelry that has significant value, your best option personally may be to sell those pieces to add to your own retirement financial strategy, right? That that's maybe a good way to put some money in your pocket for retirement, but maybe some of the pieces have more sentimental than monetary value. Those are the ones you're probably going to want to make sure end up in the right hands. Now, perhaps it's your great, great grandmother's wedding ring, or the huge and sturdy pocket watch that belonged to a long ago uncle who worked on the railroad. You know, whatever those items of importance are, make sure they and their stories are passed along in the family. That's what makes those pieces special. Right. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Now, I, I think this is a, a great talk uh, about some of the things that people might have sitting around, you know, that their kids or grandkids may want to take off their hands. And, you know, as people fully embrace retirement, getting rid of some of the stuff you don't use anymore, I think that's a simple way to enjoy a smaller and more manageable lifestyle as well. Downsizing uh, can feel good and help us in many ways. So what do you have for us next? Well, what I'd like to do now is do a slight, it's not a slight, it would be a 180. We're not going to do a slight turn. We're going to do a 180 here. Let's look at some of the potentially valuable things that may be sitting in your home right now. Now, there is another AARP article, and it's the 10 surprisingly valuable collectible hide, uh, uh, collectibles hiding in your home. And it's got some pretty fun information. Now, the first item, and we talked about this earlier, action figures. Yep. Now, something your kids and grandkids may take home with them after the next visit, but if those, we've got to remember, some of those have a healthy sticker price. You might want to reconsider on some of those, yeah. unless it's something you want your them to inherit right so uh there was a star wars boba fett now i'm gonna start sounding like a big nerd but uh there was the boba fett rocket firing prototype figure it came off the assembly line in 1979 in september of 2020 it sold for sixty two thousand dollars. oh and there was a 2020 in 2020 also an x-men magneto figure from 2015 sold for twenty seven hundred dollars that thing was only five years old that's crazy I'm not even sure I know what Magneto is, but $2,700 sounds pretty good to me. Oh, I can tell you the whole lineage of Magneto, but like I said, I'm already going to sound like a big yeah. enough here. I but. do like X-Men. I, I think Magneto <laughs> was the guy, he was, was he the bad guy for a while? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know he's uh, the bad he, guy he, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. He was leading the bad X-Men. But anyway, yes. okay. So, okay. Uh, so along the same lines as action figure, Barbie dolls, you know, those dolls you haven't thought about in a few decades. They may be holding some real treasures. Uh, in uh, 1959, one brunette Barbie sold on eBay earlier this year for $9,500. Now, that's not bad for something that was probably purchased at the drugstore or the cereal and toy aisle, toy aisle at Piggly Wiggly. And if it survived, you know, your older brother pulling the heads off and using it yeah. for some uh, <laughs> art project, not a bad way to get some money out of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's get to one I know some listeners might be waiting for as far as valuable things they might find in their basement or their house. Baseball cards. Okay, this one's kind of tough. Um, only because of the oversaturation of the market in yeah. the 90s. It was, they were everywhere. Yep. Everybody had a line of cards. Uh, now, there are still plenty of sports cards with some real value. An 89 Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card in perfect condition got $1,400 recently. Uh, a 52 Mickey Mantle card, that one last sold for $2.8 million. 
So you know, if you've got a two point, if you got a fifty-two Mickey Mantle in your in your attic, and and in perfect condition, and in perfect, hey, even in near perfect, it's probably you know still pretty good. Yeah. Um, in bad condition from two point eight million, it's still probably not too bad. Not too uh, shabby. Remember, it's not just baseball cards either. They're a seventy-nine tops Wayne Gretzky hockey card that sold for a hundred thousand dollars in twenty twenty, wow. and some Tom Brady rookie cards. Those are, can already get more than ten thousand dollars oh, if they're in excellent condition. That's nuts. Yeah, huh. crazy. And yeah. to think that my mother had Babe Ruth cards and the spokes of her bike. Well, there you go. I mean, that's the thing. I can't. I can't tell you how much I regret all those times when I was a kid and used a clothespin to attach a baseball card to the spokes of my bike tire because yeah. I liked the sound it made. It sounded great. It sounded great, but it would thrash the card. I probably put yeah. on a, you know, the Rod Carew rookie card or something on there that's probably <laughs> yeah. worth about 500 bucks today, and I just thrashed it in my spokes. <laughs> yes. Now, I, you probably wouldn't have retired off of all of those, well, but, yeah. they, you know, they may have been worth some money, oh, but, sure. hey, listen, you can't, you can't deny what a great experience that bike ride was with those cards in the spokes. So I get it. It, it. it was an awesome sound. And it was, if if you add that up and the compounding awesomeness over the last many years of those memories, it's probably worth just as much as the card would have been now. So don't worry about it. Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Now childhood collectibles, just no comic books. We just oh, talked about yeah. X-Men before, but, uh, in 1962, Amazing Fantasy number 15, that was the first appearance of Spider-Man. Uh, and a 1938's Action Comics number one, that was the first appearance of Superman. Superman, those both sell for millions of dollars. So there's not going to be a ton of those. No. Holy moly, can they have some hefty price tags. <laughs> yeah. Assigned Spider-Man number 300, that's from 1988. That sold for almost $10,000. So you don't have to go to 70 and 80 and 90-year-old comics some you know 20 30 years old already still already had some value yeah i actually recently sold a comic book for my mom my mom found some comics and the problem is the i have no chance at this one because i read my comics over and over again until they yeah. practically fell apart in my hands but my mom had a few uh from her childhood actually she had a dc comics uh lois and uh lois and superman series oh, wow. it was called lois and superman and it was, I don't know, number four or number three in the series. And it was in pretty good shape. I mean, the pages were a little yellowed. Otherwise, the cover was perfect. Uh, I sold that for her on eBay for about 75 bucks. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now, they can be worth more than you think. But they, again, the condition is everything when it comes it to records and comics. And collectibles. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's another one. We with a book. Uh, com now, unlike that, though, how about this? Let's talk about this quality furniture that's made to stand the test of time we did talk about quality yeah. furniture before uh a vintage six board blanket box uh that can sell for 650 dollars a oh. danish modern side table can put you know 250 bucks in your pocket there was a time nobody wanted the very distinctive furniture that dominated the 50s and 60s but guess what millennials and hipsters what was once popular and then completely out of style is once again popular. So some people are willing to pay a premium for that oh so very 50s coffee table that's sitting in the basement. Oh, yeah. And if, if you have a neighborhood that's anything like a Brooklyn anywhere near you, you have a good chance of being able to sell some of that stuff. Oh, yeah. Art Deco is huge. I mean, mm -hmm. that 50s and 60s Art Deco look is the 50s that was 
you know, that stuff is huge. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, on more than one occasion, I've been wandering around an antique store and stopped dead in my tracks when I saw a piece of furniture almost identical to one that was in my grandparents' living room when I was a yeah. kid. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that would be so neat to have. That's just like the one grandma and grandpa had. And then I look at the price tag and my jaw falls open because yeah. I can remember <laughs> when nobody in the family wanted that furniture yeah. when they were getting rid of it. Now, here's one that might go... Uh, tangential to one of your other interests because you I, I believe you have a few things similar to this too and it's posters now uh, yep and concert posters especially um not the ones that you've already torn the corners off of from the tape that were hanging in your room but you know some special ones like Fillmore West music venues closing in 71 and that, that had you know the great Grateful Dead was on that CCR was on that that sold for more than twelve hundred dollars and now another kind of movie posters, original Wizard of Oz movie poster in good condition, sold for $108,000. Yeah, it's a piece of paper and they're, they're reprints that look better than the original <laughs> that you can buy for about 15 bucks. But Yes, but if you have originals, you might have a couple bucks. So again, the point of these, there is, some, there is a few things in your house your kids and grandkids may want. Yeah, there might be a few things in your house that are worth a few bucks that either you can put into your own retirement or actually become an inheritance item for your kids. The rest of that stuff, you can prob it's it's hard, but you can take start to take the steps of downsizing all that other extra stuff out of your life. Yeah. Now, if you want any more tips on something like this, some uh, listen, I've been through this with clients. I've done it myself. We've done it at my mother's house. I've, we've done it a lot of different ways. Call us 800-339-9252. Visit us online at compass-ltd.com. Recommend this show to your friends so that if they're getting ready to do something like this, they kind of know some of the things to look out for. Look, up for. look out for those articles in the AARP. But in the end, make sure you have a plan. Talk to your kids. Get some of that stuff out of there. And if downsizing is part of your retirement strategy. This is a great way to get started. All right. Great show, Matt. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Financial Compass with our host, Matt Brunner. Thank you for listening to The Financial Compass. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Matthew Brunner at Comprehensive Planning Associates. Call 800-339-9252 or visit their website at compass-ltd.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services, fee-based financial planning, and investment advisory services are offered by Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD. Compass, a registered investment advisor in the state of Connecticut. Securities are offered by Gretchen Brunner and Matthew Brunner through Gradient Securities, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 866-991-1539. Member FINRA, SIPC. Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass, and Gradient Securities, LLC are not affiliated companies. Gradient Securities, LLC, and Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisor's services offered by Gradient Securities, LLC, GS, and or their investment advisor representatives.